Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of the, of the day it is in your part of the world. Uh, regardless, I'm happy to have you here uh, and be sure to uh, just jump in the comments, say hi, uh, whether you're on live, catching up, whatever it is. Uh, glad to have you. Uh, I'm excited to uh, be back on here and see what Holy Spirit has for us. Uh, I, I, I have kind of a, a, a loose laid out plan here that I'll, I'll go through. We'll see how it goes. Um, when <clears throat> I started thinking about going through the word for 2023, I thought, uh, just run down it from start to finish. And, uh, we started at the beginning last week, but this week uh, they're, they're, we're, we're jumping down a little bit. Um, I started reading through it, and and this one particular paragraph, uh, Holy Spirit was really highlighting to me. And so um, we're going to go through that today. Uh, before we get into, into that portion, I, I do want to read um, Psalm 1 really quick and and kind of set us up here. It says, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Uh, I, I wanted to to read this real quick to kind of uh, uh, set up our minds and, and put us in, in a right state. Of, of kind of thinking about this here because we can't be ones who are just blown about by what we see on the news or on social media or, or whatever distraction is coming in and, and pulling focus away from Jesus. We need to be like those firmly planted by streams of water uh, uh, and, and being able to yield fruit, uh, it says, in its season. And the thing about it is, is, and we know from this word, whether it's in season or out of season, it's always, we're always in season. If you are planted in, next to the waters, next to those streams of living waters, then you're going to have uh, the ability to produce fruit at any time. And it, it says that uh, his delight is in the law of the Lord, uh, delighting in, in scripture and getting into that is is something that we have to be doing and, and this is part of partnering with these words as we get into scripture and and, and find where there is uh, uh things for us to to pull from that and, and help guide our actions when it is when we're partnering with words and uh, uh prophetic words that that are given to us so i just wanted to read that at, before we get into this and and really know that we need to be firmly planted, which means we need to be like we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, 
uh, disciplined and, and being in prayer and, and uh, interceding individually and coming together and doing it corporately and, and reading scripture and, and really getting into relationship with Jesus and then uh, uh, bringing revelation to sharper one another and, and pressing into our oneness that we share. And <clears throat> excuse me, with that, I, I just want to, to have that mindset. So I'm going to read uh, two paragraphs here. And it says, the intensity of my training will overwhelm you when leaning upon your own understanding. Let go of all you think you know, because an upgrade is loading and it will override most of what you hold close. I'm not trying to trip you up. My intention is to offend your mind for expansion. You are missing key components that hold truth upright. You will no longer feel as if you are a pendulum swinging from truth to truth, occupying contrasting ends of measure. You will sit in counsel and know. Watch me as I set fire to the half-baked gospel agenda occupying my lands. Watch me as I torch half-truths and meaningless trust. I will have a bride consumed with my house. She who knows her way through my halls to my hideaways. I am not withholding. I've never, I've held nothing back. Yet you've settled for dwelling within the shacks of Satan with a foot in my door. Now you will know my jealousy. I am no longer merely hinting at it. I am breathing life on the gospel again and raising up an unfiltered expression of it. I am forming a militia from from my remnant, those who will listen to be shaped rather than to merely gather and seed my words. I require more. I desire more. Will you allow my voice to shape and satisfy you? Will you sit long enough for me to add the dimension that is necessary? My people stop to listen long enough to make much of their ability to hear, but certainly not long enough to build anything more than a house of cards. I am building in this season, laying a foundation in your minds and your hearts, a work that will translate within my footstool. Keep perspective of me, who I am. Qualify me with every step. Remember my majestic ways. Recognize my moods and mannerisms. Memorize my facial expressions. I am shaping your praise, forming your intercession, writing your messages. Draw close. Get in on the action. There is so much to unpack in just those uh, two short paragraphs. And uh, I, I want to make sure that, that when we're doing this, we're, we're kind of thinking about these things in uh, not so much a, a cerebral way, but we, we have to kind of understand what it is we're looking at here. And we have to know uh, what it is that, that God's doing, what it is that he's saying he is doing. And so throughout this entire thing, when you read it, you'll see God's, God is saying he is doing these different things. Uh, uh, this is talking about the intensity of the training that he's doing and how it's going to overwhelm us if we try to enter into that in our own understanding. And so it, it, it's important to pick all those things out. And it, it's, it's also important to say, uh, how will I partner with this word through action? I need to find what 
what is the action that is directed here from God for me to take? And then how am I going to partner with this and, and, and take action? And then uh, uh, what is the promise? What, what's being promised here? We need to pick those things out as well. And then we need to look uh, finally at what does, uh, what does fulfillment look like? We, we have to be able to point and say, okay, uh, the, the promise of this word is fulfilled right here. I, I can see it. I can point to it. And, and this is something that we have to be able to do, to do. And we have to be able to pick these things out and pull them out because otherwise we wind up shelving it. And uh, e- even if we come up with a plan to take action, if we can't see uh, uh, the promise and be able to understand when it's fulfilled, it, it winds up becoming a shelved plan or a shelved word that's that's collecting dust. And, and you know, good intentions are, are not going to carry you. It's going to take stepping out in faith and, and taking the action. And so I, I just want to to make sure that we understand these things. And and let's just go through this. It says the intensity of my training will overwhelm you when leaning on your own understanding. I mean, that's that's pretty self-explanatory that we should not be trying to lean on on what it is that we know or what we think we know, because oftentimes what we think we know is is um, not fully developed because we won't always have all of the information. He says to let go of what you think, you know, the, the, the understanding that you think you have, let go of it because it's going to get in the way. He has an upgrade that's coming for us. And, and it's it's going to override most of what we hold close. And, and oftentimes those things that we're holding close and, and, and holding tight to are, are uh, just simply a means to control our, our little piece of the world. Rather than allowing God to be in control, we want to hold on close to those things. <clears throat> so he's not trying to trip you up. He is... He is intending to offend your mind for expansion. When, when your mind and you, you feel offense coming up inside of you, this is an opportunity for you. It is, it is absolutely an opportunity for you to be able to stretch out your tent pegs because you're going to figure out something about yourself. You may figure out somewhat place where uh, God is wanting to set you free from something. And freedom allows you to expand. It allows you to take up more territory. And so don't don't allow offense to to pull you down. Because he, he says, he goes on to say that you're missing key components that hold truth upright. That, that should clue you in right there that what you think you know and and going back to leaning on your own understanding should clue you into that is the the insufficiency of our understanding of what we think we know now of what we thought we knew a year ago and and we're we're certain of a year ago and now all of a sudden god is revealing more to you and you start to find out that oh i didn't have it all figured out there's more to this says you'll no longer feel as though you're you're a pendulum swinging from truth to truth, occupying contrasting ends of measure. You'll sit and counsel and know 
this is a, this is one of those things where when you think about the consumerism of church and the consumerism of uh, uh, large scale events like conferences or things like that, we end up swinging, feeling like a pendulum swinging from truth to truth. Like, oh, th- this is from this week. Now I come into the next week and there's a new life changing message that's being put out uh, or I went to this conference and now I'm swinging far to the other way, but there's no, um, there's nothing that's grounding you there. There's nothing that you can say, I feel like I have wisdom in what it is God is leading me to, what it is he's doing and what it is that I'm supposed to do now. We just swing back and forth, back and forth. And it just feels like a, a never ending ride. And I'm not knocking conferences. I'm not knocking uh, messages delivered on Sunday mornings. But what we have to change is the consumerist aspect of our our mindset when we enter into those things. You can't just be there to to be a consumer, especially and particularly on Sunday mornings. And I know that uh, our church experience in the West is is not favorable to uh, uh, everybody bringing what it is that they're carrying to sharpen one another. And with these these mega churches, it just it's not going to be something that they're going to incorporate into that. You may see uh, different uh, uh, people on the platform speaking. but it doesn't always give you a full expression of, of, of the gifts that people are bringing. Is it, you know, two people could come in with the gift of prophecy and, and be great prophets, but the, the way it comes out of them and flows out of them is going to be different. And, and so the, the, the aspect of consumerism that I'm talking about here is, is really what we have to look at. We need to be able to come in and sharpen one another. Yes, there may be somebody that is consistently up on the platform teaching, but that doesn't mean you don't have something to carry into that space. And and so uh, if you'll sit in council and know, and and I'm going to jump down into the last part of this paragraph, uh, when God asked the question, will you sit long enough for me to add the dimension that is necessary? So if you sit in these things and in the the messages from the conferences, rather than just allowing it to swing you to one extreme of of that, what dimension is God trying to add for you to carry in and sharpen those around you for you to, excuse me, for you to carry in and uh, uh, expand the kingdom to share Jesus with people? What's he trying to add there? He says people stop, his people stop long enough to uh, to listen long enough to make much of their ability to hear, but certainly not long enough to really build anything other than a house of cards. And and, and the house of cards goes along with the, the wicked people uh, that's talked about in Psalm 1 that are, are like chaff and, and the wind just drives away. The smallest of breeze just topples the whole thing over. 
And so it's important to, to be able to sit and not be in a consumeristic mindset to where I'm just going to take this in and, and let it make me feel good for a short time and then go about my compromised way. Immediately after that, he says, watch me as I set fire to a half-baked gospel agenda, occupying my lands. Watch me as I torch half-truths and meaningless trust. That, that, that's This is what he's, what he's getting at. He wants to get rid of these things. He wants to uh, um, eliminate this barrier, this separation that we've created in our minds that say only the platform person can do this, not me. Not, not me sitting out here. Uh, uh, knowing that I have something to add, that I have a a dimension that he's added to me that I'm carrying in here to give to each of you. See, he goes on to say he'll have a bride consumed with his house. And this is something we've been talking about and have been uh, hitting on heavily is God's house, our, our zeal, the passion that we need to be carrying for his house. And, and that's what he's after. He's after a bride that will, will be consumed with his house and and know her way through all the halls, through all the corridors, know all the rooms, know where the hideaways are at, know all the little secret passages. There's, there's an intimate connection there. There is an intimate knowledge of, of his house that we as the bride need to have. But right now we're lacking that. And so as I was going through this and and reading it, just questions started to to pop up and I started writing them down. And and it was just interesting because I'm having questions like how resistant to training have you been? The intensity of his training will overwhelm you when leaning upon your own understanding. How resistant to that training have you been? How willing have you been to let go of all you think that you know? Are you willing to do that? How willing have you been up to this point to to do that, to let go of those things? When your mind is offended, do you take those thoughts captive? I I can't stress this one enough. If he is wanting to offend our minds with the intention of expansion, when you are offended, are you taking those thoughts captive and wringing every bit of truth out of them that you can possibly find? Can you admit that you're missing key components that hold truth upright? We talked about this yesterday and Angie brought it up how in, especially here in the U.S., we are unwilling to bow down to people uh, or, or unwilling to bow down to God. Are you willing to admit that you're missing the key components that he has to give to you? I, I know it's a hard thing to admit, uh, you don't know it all. You think in your own understanding, you, you know everything. That, that's just another one of those things uh, that in the U.S. that we have a difficult time admitting. So we don't have 
all of the knowledge that there are things that we are missing. Are you consumed with God's house? That's a simple question. Are you passionate about building God's house? Are you passionate about the kingdom? Are you passionate to to get into scripture? Are you passionate to be at his feet? This is a question when when you're thinking about, uh, am I passionate enough to sit at his feet? Am I passionate enough to to be discipled by him, to to actually say, I want to be a disciple, which means there needs to be a proximity there. You need to be at his feet daily, moment to moment. I want to sit at your feet. I want to hear what it is that you're saying. And I only want to speak those things. I want to see what it is that you're doing because I'm right there following you. I I want to be a a disciple that's following so close that if he stops, I'm going to run into him. If he stops fast, I'm going to fall over him, right? Right. If you if you think about that and you think about wanting to be used by God, yeah, you're going to be able to use your gifts. But how much more uh, will you be able to to operate in the power of the kingdom when you're a disciple? I mean, personally, I don't want to be used if I'm not a disciple of his. Because there's going to be something missing there. Do you feel like or or even believe that God is holding back uh, in your life or, or has held something back from you? Because he said, I've held nothing back. Do you feel like he's held something back from you? Or is it that you're not looking at what it is that he's actually giving you right now? He's not holding anything back. He's not withholding anything from you. It's the idea of, uh, of separation. It, it'll, this, this, anything being held back only exists in our own minds. We, we, we have to know that he's not done that. What has happened, and he's telling us this, is that we've settled for dwelling within the shacks of Satan, but trying to keep a foot in the door of the kingdom. Just keeping one foot there. This is this is like showing up and getting your one spiritual meal on Sunday morning in that consumeristic mentality. And then thinking you're you're going to be sufficient for the rest of the week. This is what's happening. He's not holding anything back from you. I think the better question is, is uh, what have you held back from God? What has he given you in yourself that you're holding back from him? It feels like if, you know, I don't know what the percentage would be when you take a foot away from the body, but wow, you're holding back most of yourself when you are 
uh, settling for dwelling in the shacks of Satan and, and just having that one foot. That's all you're giving him is just your one foot. He's not holding back from you. We're holding back from him. And do you feel like you've been formed into a militia? Do you feel like you're part of an army? If you don't, then, then you're pulling away from, from the oneness of those around you. There is, there is a, a, a real bond that is created between people when they um, fight alongside one another. When they are together and fighting, there is a, a deep connection and bond that is created there. If, if you aren't feeling or experiencing this, and understand feelings can lie, so you have to look at, at, at what actions you're taking. If you are entering into oneness with people and, and this is your experience that you're fighting alongside those people that you share space with, there should be a connection that's starting to be formed there. You should be able to say and, and feel and, and know that you are, are being formed into this militia. And, and God's taking that step further, like uh, Angie talked about, over the last couple of weeks, uh, we head on yesterday, the, the special forces army that he is uh, building, which is, is more uh, specific and, and more direct in its purpose. But everyone should feel like they are, are part of an army. Whether it's, it's, it's broad like a militia where, where we are fighting alongside one another. Or whether there is a, a specific uh, um mantling that you have to go after we should we should all be able to feel these so uh, all of these questions for me they they point back to this this concept uh, of separation that that again exists in our own minds all of these things do if you if you aren't uh leaning into God's understanding and we're trying to, to do it on our own, we're, we're creating a wall of separation. And those walls, as imaginary as they are, are very powerful in people's lives. And they can, they can lead us to all sorts of crazy imaginations and, and different ideas that are, are demonic in nature. And extremely divisive. When we aren't partnered with God, what are we partnering with? When you aren't partnering with the words that, that he is releasing prophetically, what are you partnering with? It's, it's for me, it's the same concept of worship. When we are, worshiping God, we're not worshiping something else. When we are, uh, we're always worshiping something, right? That That's the point I'm getting to right here. And it's the same thing with partnership. We're always partnering with something. Are, are you partnering with, with wisdom or are you partnering with, uh, um, with something else? 
are you partnering with with I guess you could say wickedness? It, it's the same concept. If we what what are you worshiping? What are you partnering with? Are you are you being the gates? What are you allowing to come through? Are you allowing anything and everything to come through? Or are you saying, nope, that won't pass? That will. It's a lot of questions. A lot of questions. I want to jump over real quick. I want to jump over to Proverbs 1. And we're going to start in verse 20. Proverbs 120 says wisdom shouts in the street. She lifts her voice in the square at the head of the noisy streets. She cries out at the entrance of the gates in the city. She utters her sayings. How long, O naive ones, will you love being simple minded and scoffers delight themselves in scoffing and fools hate knowledge. Turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Because I called and you refused, I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention. And you neglected all my counsel and did not want my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when you dread when your dread comes. When your dread comes like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would not accept my counsel. They spurned all my reproof. So they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be satisfied with their own devices. For the waywardness of the naive will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as a hidden as for hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice. And he preserves the way of his godly ones. Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity in every good course. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will guard you. Understanding will watch over you to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who delight in doing evil and rejoice in the perversity of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways, to deliver you from the strange woman, from the adulteress who flatters with her words, that leaves the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death. And her tracks lead to the dead. None who go to her return again, nor do they reach the paths of life. So you will walk in the way of good men and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. 
but the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be uprooted from it. I, I read through chapter two there and, and it goes on in chapter three to talk about the rewards of wisdom. This is, this is sitting in council and knowing. This is, is throwing off our own understanding and, and calling out to God and, and having our ear attentive to what it is he's saying. We're, we're inclining our hearts to his understanding. This, this is something that I, that I can't stress to you enough. And, and I think it's the, the challenge for today is, is your willingness. Are you willing to, to sit in counsel and know that our, our willingness to, to enter into these things, to partner with them, it is a very big aspect of, of what it is that takes place when we receive a word. If we're not willing to partner with it to take action, uh, if you think about what Angie talked about yesterday, when she talked about speaking in tongues, it, it starts down low and then it comes up. And at a certain point, we partner with that by using our vocal cords and releasing that out into the atmosphere. It's the same thing with a prophetic word. It, it starts there. We go through it. We find those things God's doing. We find where we can partner through action, step out in faith, and, and go after that. And, and I think that's the challenge, is what, what are you willing to do? How far are you willing to go? How faithful will you be? I think I'm going to end with those two questions. How far are you willing to go and how faithful will you be? Take those questions this week, sit with them and see what it is that God has for you. Love you all. Have a great week.